This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome into another edition of the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always by Brian Baroni. Uh, little addition to the show today, um, a new graphic that some of you might notice. A uh, big thank you right off the bat to a... Uh, a Gigum247 subscriber, Miss um, Newski, um, who reached out and um, you know created this graphic for us and 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 sent it over. So um, wanted to start out the show with a with a big thank you um, for doing that. And and Brian, um, you know we we we've got a lot to touch on. But how was how was your weekend overall? I know I know you you headed out to a media day for for. Um, a group and and just how was your weekend overall? Yeah, it was good. I mean, everything's getting close. We got A and M football for the first weekend. They had a what a full pad practice in front of fans. Uh, high schools, some high schools kicked off last week, but they all kick off uh, today or Monday, depending on when you listen to this. But uh, yeah, so I mean, football uh, football's back. Like we've, you know, the off season has had a lot of uh, you know storylines and stuff you know your Jimbo Fishers your Nick you know Nick Saban all that kind of things uh but finally we got football to talk about so I'm excited that that means it was a good weekend because I love Saturday afternoons in the fall yeah no doubt I went out to a just a workout just to get out there um you know Saturday morning saw a couple kid in-state kids a couple of really uh, nice young young prospects uh Caleb Smith is a name I hadn't heard coming under the weekend but um, a 2026 athlete at Allen who um, has already put up a, I believe he put up a track time of 10.5 this spring. It is a 2026 kid, and um, you know, really, no, moves. no eighth grader should be running. No eighth grader, and that's ridiculous. So it's ridiculous, but just seeing, you know, and that's why you know he's got Utah and Texas Tech offers already, and um, seeing him go up against guys like Kyle Parker and Dalen McCutcheon, who's another. Uh, player I think is going to see his recruitment take off was was just good to see so you know I can never get out to enough workouts and practices and and you know it's just good to have it all back and I know kids are kind of getting into into workouts this week and uh, A&M had a open practice as well on Sunday um, as they continue to roll on had a little media day Um, Daryl Dickey met with the media Elijah Robinson met with the media Jimbo Fisher and players obviously met with the media as well. Um, and then, you know, just the open practice, I guess, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's one of those things where they held some guys out obviously for, for cautionary reasons. Um, but all eyes were, were kind of on the quarterback position. This was obviously the first chance for, for fans to kind of see Haynes King and Max Johnson as this quarterback battle goes on. And um, the theme coming out of, out of 
the weekend is, you know, Matt Haynes King continues. He worked with the ones this weekend um, as those two kind of continue to flip flop. But, uh, you know, Jeff Tarpley was obviously down there and, and mentioned his the ball continues to come out of his hand well, and he's showing better anticipation and ball placement. And, and when I kind of hear that and, and talk with him about it, my first reaction is it was going to take time once he missed all of last season to get back in the flow. And, and he's probably, you know, starting to find his rhythm now. And, uh, you know, that's a great problem for A&M to have to sort through those two. But, you know, I think that it's going to be close between those two. And, and obviously Jimbo Fisher, again, did not tip his hand either way, as expected. Um, but what do you make of Haynes King kind of coming off, getting off to a strong start to fall camp here? Well, it's not surprising that he looked, uh, he looked good. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, at one point he was a five-star in high school uh, by pretty much everybody, but it finished as a top 50 national guy. You know, there's a reason he's that highly ranked and that A&M was in a absolute battle with Tennessee to uh, land him in the recruiting process. So not a surprise. He looked good. I still, I still just, you know, I just think it'll be Max Johnson that, that comes out the starter. I think yeah. the the fact that he has, you know, starting experience in the SEC. I know Haynes King started the, the two games last year, but it was, you know, early Kent state and Colorado. Um, but, you know, Max Johnson's got the season of experience and I think that will probably be enough to win him the starting yeah. job. But again, like we said last week, if Haynes King, uh, you know, if Haynes King trots out as a starter, it wasn't because he was, you know, the best of a bad bunch or something. It means that he won it outright because, you yeah. know, Max Johnson has also looked really good. So I don't think AM can go wrong or, or fans shouldn't be, you know, fans should be excited no matter who trots out there because we know Max Johnson's ready. And if Haynes King beats him out, then whatever. And if it's Wigman, then he just looked like Superman this, uh, this fall. Yeah. So, so yeah, who, whoever's out there has definitely uh, earned it and deserves it. So, you know, that's, that's a good problem to have, like you said. No doubt. And you can, you can, when you talk to people, you know, they, one of the things they mentioned with Max Johnson is just how the ball comes out of his hand. He seems to have, you know, it's, it's a longer delivery, but he, you know, he, he seems to be able to make all the throws can push the ball down the field is accurate, has good touch on his throws. And, you know, just listening to, you know, players and coordinators and, and the coaches over the, over the past, there's a, there's a definite feeling that they feel good about whoever comes out of, out of this job and whoever whoever wins the job you've heard Anaya Smith mention you know the offense is going to be more explosive and Daryl Dickey talked about both quarterbacks having really good off seasons as well I think there's there's a feeling that you know the the floor has kind of been raised and and you know there's the 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 level of quarterback play is is going to be higher this year regardless of which guy has it and and there's depth at that position which um you know I think is a great great thing to have and you know you're you never know how a season's going to play out. A&M could have, could have to rely on both of those guys this year at various points, or even Connor Wigman, depending on how things go as well. And so, you're right. I mean, for Connor Wigman, this is a good chance to just get experience. Um, you know, Tarp mentioned he was he was under a bit of pressure yesterday, working with some working with some backups and going to, you know with kind of the mixing and the matching. But I think this is a good time for him to have to go through that and have to work through you know the offense maybe not finding its rhythm and him having to maybe create some plays and, 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 and work through that. This is the great time to do that when, when you have some experienced options and, and you can kind of grow at, at the same time. So, um, you know, a lot of depth in that quarterback room. And, and again, that's, that's a great problem to, to kind of have. And, you know, speaking of depth, Jimbo Fisher was talking about this a lot yesterday on a, on a couple fronts. And he talked about it last week too. Um, and with AM 
holding some guys out, you know, with minor injuries and coming back from things, you know, you're really having a chance to see this depth yesterday. We're missing a couple guys in the secondary and Tarp's big takeaway from the day was, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of drop off with other guys coming in. And, and that speaks to that level of competition with, you know, you've got guys like Jalen Jones or Brian George there, you know, Miles Jones, uh, you know, reportedly left the field with, with an injury yesterday. So there's no word on, on the extent of his injury yet, but you know, there's guys behind that are ready to step in and, and ready to contribute. And so um, that puts A&M in a really good spot. And it, it's it's all based on how they've recruited the past couple of years and level of talent that they have recruited. No, for sure. And outside of the offensive line, which we've talked about as well, I mean, yeah, the depth on this team is is really good. And that's that's not something they've had, you know, last year. You know, you look at quarterback, you know, for example, when, uh, when Haynes King went down. I mean, Calzada came with, you know, no experience. He struggled, but there was absolutely nobody after him. And if A&M had played in the bowl game, I mean, there's a chance that a true freshman walk-on would have been uh, starting yeah. a QB. That's not going to be the case this year. But, uh, I mean, like the defensive line. I, I mean, yeah, some of these young guys still need the experience. I mean, they they have a chance and should be really, really good. They need experience. But still, you can sub in defensive line all day and be really good. I mean, this is a rotation of 12 guys, you know, that, that can go in, which is – nobody should have you know that nobody else in the sec has has that so yeah this is uh and and the secondary yeah is really i mean there's a bunch of guys with starting experience deuce Harmon has started jalen jones as a two-year starter i mean damani richardson is a three-year starter antonio johnson i mean it's just you know a ton of guys brian george has starting experience and then you have you know some really really talented backups and so so yeah i mean it's you know, like you said, depth is not going to be an issue, except on the offensive line. And obviously, you don't want uh, Devon Chain to go down. AM does have the depth at running back. They just don't have a player like him. Yeah. I mean, most schools don't have even one player like him. So, it's, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not an indictment that uh, that there's not somebody with his speed and, and ability backing him up. But, I mean, there are some good running backs. But, yeah, that, that, that position, you don't want anything to happen to. But. I mean, really, everywhere else they can afford, you know, almost anything happen. You don't want injuries, but you know right. they can survive it, unlike in previous years. And I think that was the encouraging part about hearing, you know, a guy like Marshall Harris was able to come up with an interception yesterday during the the eleven on eleven portion. A guy like him could could be relied upon early because there's not a ton of depth at the linebacker position. So, depending on how injuries play out, obviously Andre White, Edron Cooper, Chris Russell are some of the the key figures there, Terry and Lee as well. So they've got, they've got some pieces and, you know, Edron Cooper seems to have taken another step forward. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the defensive line and it's a really, I think it's a really good sign when you continue to hear McKinley Jackson get mentioned as a guy that's, you know, had a really good start to, to fall camp. And, and, you know, Jimbo Fisher mentioned him as kind of a guy that stepped into a leadership role in the, the 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 feeling of being in year three now and needing to kind of take that that next step and um you know i think competition also creates that kind of looking behind you and and seeing that AM just brought in like a bunch of guys like walter nolan and, oh, yeah. and marcus burris competition as as jimbo fisher loves to say you know competition helps you know negate complacency and and anything like that so um, you know, the competition on, on that side of the ball is going to be fun to watch all year long. And you mentioned even a guy like Deuce Harmon, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he's, he's backing up Antonio Johnson right now, which is, is, is kind of a tough place to be, but, um, 
you know, he's he's going to be needed at, at at certain points this year. And the other guy, I think it's encouraging, um, just just off of Leon O'Neill uh, departing for the NFL, is to hear the emergence of, of of Jordan Gilbert. And it's a guy that you know, there's obviously been a lot of buzz around him since he got on campus. And Tarp mentioned yesterday he's he was around the football a lot yesterday, and um, I think that's encouraging to see as well. Oh, no, for sure. And you talked about Edron Cooper, man. Talk, go back to his recruitment. And it's just, he was a bit of yeah. a late target on the AM radar. And then, you know, he had told you and told you you could report it. Is, yeah, I signed with yeah. somebody. He didn't say who, you know, he was announcing at the <laughs> All American Bowl. He said, I signed with yeah. somebody. And I think yeah. it was pretty obvious it was AM. But it was just funny, even after that, you know, because he hadn't publicly announced in schools, some schools weren't aware that he signed. I mean, he was still picking up offers. I think Florida <laughs> State still offered him, you know, after. You know, I was like, I mean, you know, he had signed. That's illegal. But, you know, I don't think yeah. there's a national database where they could see that. But, I mean, right. that was, man, how big was that for him? Like, I think we knew at the time, like, I mean, he's a good player, but yeah. never thought, you know, I mean, he's without him. I mean, that, yeah. You, I mean, you talk about linebackers. There's only six linebackers on scholarship right now and yeah. two are true freshmen who are, you know, at, at, you know, need to add some weight to their frames. Um, yeah. yeah, so without him, I mean, that would be a completely different defense. So, you know, it's just funny that just, you know, like I said, just sort of late, you know, addition and LSU was not quite after him until basically he signed with A&M and they started, they started recruiting him harder too. And they, they yeah. were trying to get him to hold off on signing. So yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. It's just fun looking back at the recruiting of some of these guys. No doubt. And that's you, you mentioned that that's a name that, uh, you know, he had kind of mentioned, okay, I'm going to wait until the, uh, the late signing period and then rumors started to kind of come out the second to third day that that he had actually signed with a school and confirmed with us and goes yeah sure go ahead publish it yeah. uh, for sure and it was one of those schools was lsu that was trying to get him to hold off uh, and you mentioned like you know that's a huge huge guy that was a huge guy at the time to be able to keep out of um you know keep away from lsu and jordan gilbert as well is a guy that you know, LSU started to step up later in the process. So to see both of those guys as two of the guys A&M could rely on moving forward, you know, Adrian Cooper had a had an interception as well. Um, I think uh, Bryce Sunday. Anderson did too. Another, I know he's yeah. not from Louisiana, but almost, but almost close. And he wasn't yeah. long time LSU. Former Louisiana so. commitment. Yep. Yeah. And so some of those guys that, you know, those, those recruiting battles that fans follow so closely and how those guys are starting to step forward and, and be able to contribute it is huge. And um, you mentioned what a, what a godsend um, Edron Cooper is being just in terms of that linebacker room and um, the excitement level around him is, is really, really high. So, um, you know, I think the defense is, is in a pretty good spot um, heading into this year with the depth and, and, and the way that they recruited, which is kind of what we expected to, to happen. Um, speaking of recruiting, it was a big weekend on, on that front as well. A&M got another commitment, um, had a couple other targets making, decisions as well and got a couple others coming up so um, we're going to touch on the latest on the recruiting trail after a quick break mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferreira the wait is over guys all stars four is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley. Brian, A&M added to their class this weekend again and, and went back to the Northeast for another guy to get um, Northeast offensive lineman, Nikhil Bertrand. Bertrand um, comes from the same school as uh, Tariq Chappelle. Um, he announced his commitment to A&M on Saturday night um, after taking a visit to A&M in late, late July and um, kind of – was a guy that was that had been trending AM's way, um, former Colorado commitment as well. Um, I know you, Brian, you've talked to him a little bit. Just give everybody kind of an idea of, of what AM is getting in him as as a player. Man, he's a funny kid, uh, <laughs> definitely confident in his abilities. So, you know, if he uh, if he gets to do interviews during his time in AM, fans are going to like him. But uh, yeah, Nikuo uh, was committed to Colorado pretty early in the process. I mean, Colorado saw this. Six seven, three hundred ten pound kid who, you know, looks like how you draw up a, a tackle prospect, and they jumped on him early. Um, you know, he ended up decommitting from the Buffs uh, back early June. Uh, had taken a, a visit, I think it was a four day visit to A and M uh, back in April. It was the same mm-hmm. weekend that Shondavian Bradley was there. You know, people saw pictures of those two. Uh, together but that's when he was offered I mean it's hard not to offer a guy that comes in like I said when he's six seven three fifteen relatively lean I mean you know he can reshape it some but you know not a not a fat kid or anything like that um you know I know fan you know he's not the highest ranked kid and you know he's you know it's sort of that floor ceiling deal you know the floor the floor is not incredibly high, but the ceiling potentially is. And there's a reason that, you know, Auburn was after him. They were actually after him as a defensive lineman, even though he didn't play that. But uh, Penn State had offered uh, Kentucky and Syracuse. He had taken official visits to as well. Um, you know, I think with AM taking five offensive linemen in this class, they can take a flyer on a guy like uh, like Petrain. You know, they had offered uh, from Melissa, Trevor Gooseby, and, you know, somewhat similar like that, you know, a bit raw now, but you know, has a, has a high ceiling. And if it doesn't work out, then, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I hate to talk about the transfer portal. I don't even like talking about it with freshmen yet, less a guy yeah. who's not even in there, but you know, if things don't work out with any of these guys, I mean, it's easy, it's easy to transfer now without having to sit out. So, I mean, I don't, you know, it's, I don't think there's a, a real downside to it, but the upside is potentially really good. I mean, this is, I had talked about Trevor Gooseby, you know, when he was committed to TCU as a guy that he's not getting a ton of attention, but, you know, he may be one of those that you look back when he's projected as a first-round pick. I mean, like, how come, uh, you know, how come he didn't get more in high school? Well, you know, uh, Nikhil is is possibly, you know, that same that same sort of type. And, you know, if not, then he provides, he provides depth and, you know, just uh, interesting. And you talked about Philadelphia. I mean, they have – so just from his high school, he'll be the third one. He'll join uh, Tyreek Chappelle and uh, Elijah Judy. Eni White is a true freshman from Philadelphia. And then just across uh, just across the river from Camden, you've got uh, Fidel Diggs. And then, you know, a little bit further from Camden, you know, maybe 
30 minutes from Philadelphia is Isaiah Rakes. It's sort of seen as like a suburb. So, I mean, it's yeah. Elijah Robinson's from Camden. You can really see his, uh, his hand there recruiting these guys. But I mean, I've covered A&M for a long time and only re- before Jimbo Fisher only really even covered like one guy from the Northeast. Uh, Matthew Featherston is a name people might remember. He's from upstate New York, I believe. And uh, Les Kenning, the old offense corner sort of found him in a, in a like, eighth tier all-star game but you know i did it's like you know didn't cover anybody and now it's a, you know you and i are getting really familiar with all these northeast schools you know we're able to name we're able to name a bunch of these you know chase Pasantis, another guy committed from from new jersey in this class so it's just it's it's just a completely different game under uh, under jimbo fisher it's, and it's fun to fun to cover for sure no doubt you learn a little bit about that that side of ball and and watch a lot of film from that area and you start to break okay I, I recognize Northeast yeah. Stadium I've watched enough film from out there now and and some of those coaching staff talking with them about Tyreek Chappell when we were when we were kind of covering his recruitment you mentioned it like being six seven you can you can definitely see why why AM would would be high on him as kind of a developmental piece and from a technique standpoint footwork hand placement he's got he's got room to grow there's uh, there's no doubt about that but um you know just even talking to sources about other guys in the state when we we were talking with people about uh isaiah robinson last year and now a baylor commit you know one point mentioned to me guys that are six 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 seven don't grow on trees all the time and if you can get them in your program and be able to work with them same with a guy like demetrius crownover and you know at and his size and being able to work with him if you can get them in your program and believe in your development of 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 where you can get them to, you know, it's a guy worth taking taking an opportunity on and getting them in your program and um, from a depth standpoint, uh, being able to being able to work with him and 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 teach him, you know, some of the technique stuff that that um, that you think he needs to work on. And you know, A and M looking to the rest of the offensive line class now. Uh, T.J. Shanahan and Caden Jones kind of stand out as the two. I think remaining targets along the offensive line. Um, TJ Shanahan's a guy I think we both have crystal balls in for and still continue to feel really good about that timeline. You know, I think it could happen at any point. He's told some people that he, he wouldn't mind, you know, waiting a little bit longer into the season, but um, is really a guy I think could, could make a decision at any point. And, and Caden Jones is going to take visits to Florida and A&M um, during the season as well. And, and think those are kind of the two battling it out for him. Obviously he's got some ties to A&M. And so, um, Brian, you know, looking at that, that's not a bad offensive line class. If you're able to add Shanahan and add Caden Jones, you've got some nice pieces along the offensive line. And especially in a year where um, there's not like a dominant offensive tackle in the state, you know, you, you're going to take some guys you have to develop. Yeah. And we talked about it last week, you know, sort of the key there is the versatility. Chase Basantis yeah. is a high school uh, tackle. He could stay at yeah. tackle. A&M has talked to him about guard um colton thomason is a high school guard who's now moving yeah. to tackle could play either tackle or guard we thought when he was you know three you know higher in the 300s we thought he'd be a guard but you know i think he's got a real chance he, to play tackle now you know tj yeah. shanahan is a tackle that could play guard could play tackle and has talked to him about any of the, the positions uh Beatrand and caden jones are the only like guys who are definitely tackles uh caden yeah. jones is actually pretty similar to Nicole, you know, sort of that same frame, a little raw. You know, we saw him at camp this summer. You yeah. know, he flashed. You know, he had his, his this moments where he flashed, but also a little raw, but really good. And his mom is an Aggie. His uh, uncle Marcus Jasmine played for AM. So AM's going to be tough to beat. He did really like Florida and 
um, you know, may Florida may cause them to to hold off on a decision for a little bit, but yeah. would not be shocking to see the three already in the boat plus TJ Shanahan and Caden Jones as that five man offensive line class, and it's a, it's a good class. Yeah, it's a good class, no doubt, and um, some some definitely some pieces there to work with, and and it goes back to what we mentioned about Colton Thomas and the fact that he he's able to play tackle as well and has has built that familiarity. Uh, will play there as a senior, I think is huge just to build that experience and 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 bring that versatility. Wasn't all good news though. Unfortunately, AM did um miss out on a couple guys, Chel- Shelton Sampson, Darian Gallette. Um, you know, Gallette's a guy that I think AM's gonna continue to recruit. You know, we were asked about um, you know, what is what does AM do at that third linebacker spot with Damian Sanford and, and Anthony Hill in the class? I think they'll, you know, probably evaluate some guys. And but they'll continue to push for a guy like Darian Gallette all the way to signing day. They've still got an official visit to use, and so if they can show you know good linebacker play and some on some of that, you know, it it you know just checking in. I know that Texas held a held a significant lead for most of July. In the end, it did end up being pretty close between A and M and Texas. So um, you know, I think that's a guy A and M will continue to recruit and continue to push for and and just see what happens this fall and go from there. Yeah, so a and also still after uh, Grayson Howard, Pup Howard, yep. a linebacker from Jacksonville, Florida, that's committed to South Carolina. Uh, you know, South Carolina actually, you know, has higher expectations this year than in many years, but if they struggle, you know, that could, you know, he could be one that looks around a little bit. Uh, Tausili Akana has been to A&M twice, uh, linebacker from Utah. He's originally from Hawaii. He's in Utah now. Uh, he likes Oklahoma a lot, and his sister goes to Texas. So, you know, those those are other other players that are – I mean, other teams that are going to be involved. But, you know, Kana is is definitely one that has interest, you know, with his trips to A&M. He plays more with his hand down now, but, you know, A&M worked him out at linebacker a year ago when he was offered in a private workout and liked them there. So, I mean, there's some names. And then, you know, Damian Sanford wasn't on the radar even a month before – before he committed. I mean, he came to A&M, dominated, picked up things. You know, you don't see a ton of senior year evals anymore, but they're not, uh, you know, they're not unheard of. And so, you know, A&M would be looking at, at that. And also, you know, quarterbacks, same way. You know, the quarterbacks are, are already on their radar, but I think they'll be watching the senior years of, of a lot of guys while also going after the top national targets still. No doubt. And you mentioned, you know, with with two guys already in the class and, and you know, looking to add to that third person, they can also – Ford to be a little patient, you know, just even looking at last year, um, Jihad Campbell's a guy that was committed to Clemson, opens his reopens his recruitment late in the process, and AM and Alabama kind of get in there late. And Edron Cooper, we just talked about earlier, you know, AM yeah. can you know afford to see, you know, if there's any coaching chefs, coaching staff shuffling at the end of the year and and you know, do some late targets and merge that AM is able to get into the mix for. Um, there's always a couple of those guys every every cycle, and so uh, you know, to kind of round out that class, a And M will kind of keep an eye on on things and and continue to stay in touch with some of those guys that they, um, you know, missed out on or or you know are committed elsewhere and and go from there. And you know, a And M, there's two other decisions coming up: Cedric uh, Baxter and Kylan Jackson. Of those two, I think a And M probably has a better chance with Kylan Jackson. I think Cedric Baxter, um, uh. You know, Texas is probably in a good spot for him right now. So Kylan Jackson for me is is kind of the one that of those two A and M probably has a better chance with. And then 
you know, they remain in contact with Peyton Bowen and, you know, Notre Dame feels confident they'll be able to keep him, but OU and A&M are, are continuing to kind of plug away there behind the scenes and, and see if they can flip them and both had them on campus late in July. And so, um, you know, I think looking at the safety position, Kylan Jackson and, and Peyton Bowen are kind of the two A&M continues to plug away at. Yeah. So uh, Kylan Jackson actually, you know, he's supposed to announce on Monday. So by the time you're listening to this, it might, he might already have announced, but uh, if he, if he sticks to that, I expect it to be LSU. You know, he's from Zachary, yeah. which is basically a suburb of Baton Rouge. A&M is working to get him to delay that announcement. Um, you know, he's been on campus a bunch of times. He likes, yeah. uh, you know, he likes what he saw sort of out of the Leon O'Neill role the last couple of years. Um, and then another guy, you know, we've listened to him at cornerback cause he was, but I think he's a better fit at safety. You know, and we're, so if we're talking about safety fits and, and sort of that, and, you know, one of those spots, don't discount uh, Tony Mitchell. You know, he's five-star kid yep. committed to Alabama. You know, he showed up at A&M's pool party. Uh, he's still going to give uh, A&M a long look uh, throughout the recruiting process. He hasn't taken any official visits yet. Um, I would expect him to do so in the fall, and I think A&M will get one. So, yeah, don't discount him either. And so they have, what, Dalton Brooks committed. They're looking at trying to flip Peyton Bowen. You know, if you get Tony Mitchell or Kylan Jackson, I mean, that's a not just a good class. That's an elite class of safeties coming off a year when you signed uh, Jacoby Matthews, who was I don't think he was quite a five star, but uh, really close to that five star range. Yeah, pretty close. And, you and you know, the other guy kind of looking in the wings if if they were to miss on guys is Ramir Stewart and, and kind of another option that. Um, hey, where's it? Where's he from? Yeah, from Northeast. Yeah. Another Philadelphia, another Philadelphia, another Philadelphia guy. kid, and so uh, Imhotep, should I say? Not Northeast, yeah, uh, they're going to have to open up Would, a a cheesesteak place or a roast pork sandwich yep. place in College Station. Let these guys feel at home. Absolutely, and former teammate of Eni White. Um, you're right; like they're just continuing to kind of go in that area, and you know when 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 we're putting together our high school football schedules almost now it's becoming like okay one trip's got to be to the northeast to go see yeah. all those guys and so um because there's just so many of them that are kind of building building in that area you're right i mean Tony mitchell's a guy you know i was asked about him after the uh visit weekend and said look he a&m's just going to continue to stay on him he's been to campus several several times and so um you know it's always going to be tough to flip a kid out of out of Alabama, but um, he's really high on A&M. And so, um, you know, they're just going to continue to kind of stay engaged there. Um, you know, when I was Steve, another look, stay, sticking in the secondary, Steve Wolfong caught up with um, Arlington Martin quarterback, cornerback. Uh, he also plays quarterback actually a little bit. Um, right. Is Javi and Tobiano. Um, You know, he mentioned we had, we, we had kind of talked about him as potentially a guy that can make a decision before the year. Now looking to, it looks like pushes decision into the season and takes some visits for games this fall. What did you make of his comment? He he talked a lot about AM feeling like home and then talked about how, you know, that he was very much open to leaving the state with Michigan and LSU and Oregon. what did you kind of make of where things kind of stand with him on, on based on what he said to Steve Wolfong? So Javian has not done many interviews. I mean, he, you know, I think we had told the story is one day where he just yeah. tweeted out, Hey, I'm open to interviews today. And he just all day, he just sat there, you know, doing interviews. And that's really been it. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's most of in stuff we get on him is from talking to a lot of different people. So it was interesting to get what he says. But it d- did not surprise me that he mentioned out of state. His only official he's taken so far is to uh, Michigan. And I know he really liked it up there a lot. 
And then where did he go in July, you know, the weekend he was at OSU and didn't end up making it, did not end up making it to A&M. So, I mean, you, you got to look at actions and that's where he's, he's been visiting. So that doesn't surprise me, but he did say that A&M felt like, felt the most like home. And that's yeah. always a good thing. You know, his brother is at Rice. I think he's still at Rice. If not, uh, you know, he played running back at Rice. And so his family's used to having, having uh, you know, them relatively close to home and be able to see games. Now, that's there, you know, they're not going to try and make him go anywhere. But when you're used to that, you know, it doesn't hurt if he's even closer than Rice uh, down the road and down the road in College Station. No doubt. No, you know, AM's going to continue to push him, you know, to get on campus. If they could get him on campus early in the season, I think that certainly helps. And, um, you know, one of the things we've always seen with, with, with guys is, is A&M will, will definitely push to get him in on that Friday night for a home game, do the midnight yell like they did with, with Evan Stewart and then be able to have him for the entire weekend and, and kind of show off the home atmosphere. And so I know A&M feels like if they can get a kid on campus for a game and, and be able to host them, they, they have a chance. And another guy kind of looking at a visit in September is Hakeem Williams. Um, Andrew Ivins caught up with him over the weekend. He, Mentioned he's looking at the Miami game, um, which would pro- likely be, I'm assuming, another multi-day visit of coming in potentially on the Friday, and or he's got a game Friday, so it'd probably have to be Saturday morning and and potentially stay into to Sunday, um, which bodes well because you know Andrew also mentioned that he's kind of looking now at when talking with people a late September, early October timeline, and he confirmed that this weekend that you know, a commitment was at least on the horizon. So for AM, I think to get him in, especially for that Miami game and against another team you're battling with for him, um, is is huge and and certainly doesn't hurt to get him back on campus for a multi day visit um right before he, he makes a decision. Yeah, it's a five star wide receiver. I think he's ranked as a number two receiver in the country. If not, it's yeah. really high. Um you know, it actually, so, you know, this is interesting. We talked last week about the coaching position change. Well, the new wide receiver mm-hmm. coach is James Coley, who recruits South Florida for the Aggies. It's James Coley. So Coley has been the lead on him and is now his position coach, and that certainly doesn't uh, hurt at all, you know, if you are able to play for the coach recruiting you. Uh, he also spent several days uh, at A&M in June. Now Georgia and Florida State both are are making runs, and, He's had sort of different leaders throughout the process, but A&M has been the one constant and, you know, right now would uh, would be in the best shape. So, I mean, that would be big. You know, he's sort of, uh, you know, Chris Marshall is at just freaky athletic, so I don't yeah, want to compare to that, but he's sort of that type where he's got speed, athleticism, and size. You know, Evan Stewart is a, you know, just go down the field. Or, you know, he's like Jalen Waddle, you know, avoid, you know, he's fast and avoids a tackle, you know, uh, Hakeem Williams is more like uh, Chris Marshall. And, you know, those are the kind of receivers A&M just doesn't have on campus. They do now with, uh, you know, Marshall and even with Noah Thomas showing some flashes, but uh, he would, he would be huge it, to a receiving core that's getting, uh, you know, there is young, but it's getting to be, you know, pretty, pretty good, at least, you know, from what we've seen in practice so far. No doubt. And, you know, there's, it doesn't hurt that, a guy like Yo Keith Brown seems to be kind of emerging in a role now and and um you know was working with the ones on on um Sunday and you know for a guy like that for the South Florida kids to be able to see somebody else step in their position and and be able to contribute um doesn't hurt at all so um you know that's going to be one to watch and um 
you know, it'll be it'll be a big game, AM. That would that would I would expect that to be one of AM's biggest recruiting weekends of the fall, obviously. Having my Oh, it's an it's an eight o'clock game on Saturday night. It'll be yep. loaded because kids be, that yeah. have Friday games all over the country have time to yeah. fly in on Saturday, drive in on Saturday. So yeah, that that game will be insane when it comes to because both teams should be ranked pretty high. So no yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun one. And it'll kind of be AM's opportunity because obviously we've mentioned before that that kind of road stretch they have right afterwards. That'll be their their last chance to kind of get recruits in before they head out on the road for a little bit. So, um, you know, I think A&M will certainly look to take advantage of, of that weekend and have just about all their, all their top targets in town. Um, so with that, I think we'll, we'll go ahead and sign off for today and keep an, keep an eye on the recruiting trail and um, see what, you know, the kind of the next couple of weeks bring um, with, with guys kind of getting back into fall camp. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if, if, you know, a lot of the guys who have waited until this point to make decisions at this point kind of take it into the take it into the season and or if there's some more decisions coming up. But we will uh, we will certainly have you guys covered on all the latest over on Gigum two four seven. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you're watching on there um, to get a notification every time a new video drops on Spotify and iTunes. You can also listen to us on there. Um, give us a five star review if you like what you hear. Um, so go ahead and do that. Otherwise, thanks again for joining us. Have a great week, and and we'll see you guys again soon. all-star-studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.